morning, everybody. I'm Dave Lone in for Dave Gentry along with Elizabeth Hess. Liz and Loney coming at you till 9 o'clock on this chilly Tuesday morning, just four degrees out there. And Scott, thank you for dragging yourself out. <laughs> Senator Scott Bennett uh, through this chill to be with us this morning. It's a pleasure to see you again. Glad to be here. Thanks for being here, Scott. Uh, some of the good things you've been working on since you haven't had to head to Springfield. I know you had a little break here. Let's talk about the 137000 grant for the Champaign Park District. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that's one of those things that uh, uh, we every day are reminded by some of the amazing things we got going on in our community. And, and I can't say that I had anything to do with that one, but uh, what we wanted to do was make sure that the people who, who did uh, um, certainly got their, their recognition for it. Um, but, you know, every day what we're seeing is, you know, if we can get grant money to the right people here in, in Champaign-Urbana, um, certainly there's so many private, uh, just very generous people giving of their money as well on the, on the private side. Um, there's some really amazing things going on, and, and the Park District is a great place to, um, to see where that, uh, what, what they can do with it. Remind me of where Human Kinetics Park is. It's 5.6 acres, and I know I pass it, but I can't even think of where it is. It's over on the north side of Champaign. Okay. Kind of by marketplace there yeah 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 okay so and your office is announcing this because you were able to help guide money how does this work i mean as a legislator how can you guide well, money well we something? certainly do in the in these cases um i would say every week um there's a group that comes to us and, and says hey we've applied for this grant um can you you know can you write a letter for us to help can we um can you can you kind of help a shepherd it along and I think the main thing that we do um, is, is without you know, crossing any line where you're being inappropriate with it is just kind of making sure that our application was received and it was it was there. If we can get a letter in in support, we try to, to, to try to do that and help kind of show, hey, this is a group that we know does great work with with uh, grant dollars. And um, in this case, they were rewarded with a grant. So it's great. Uh, something that Dave Gentry and I, you missed it, Dave Lone, last week when uh, we were talking about the tax bill. Dave and I were debating the tax bill. And the one thing I brought up was the fact that teachers, of all people, who spend their hard-earned money on supplies, that they are no longer going to be able to uh, declare this tax credit. Dave and I got into it over that. But you are now bringing they, this up, and <clears throat> you're concerned. Excuse me. Do they not get uh, compensated for money they spend on supplies? I'm going to let Senator Bennett explain that. How, how does that work? And, I, I would imagine uh, that, that that depends on the school district. but. Mm -hmm. I, but Teachers that talk to us do not get get reimbursed. So um, maybe that they're the ones that uh, they don't have that situation. So what I will tell you is, you know, particularly in the poor school districts uh, where you have, uh, you know, these, these districts that can't afford the school supplies, the student families can't afford those things. The teachers are the ones that, that pick up the slack. And um, so, you know, having some kind of a tax break for it was just a nice way. Remember, a tax break is not 100 percent. You know, right back at you, but it's it's just something to recognize. This is a value you're providing to the community, um, and when you when you can realize all the things that are getting tax breaks and the net and the uh, tax quote unquote reform, um, you know, certainly this is something we should be trying to encourage. And what you've uh, noted is that 99.5 percent of teachers use their own money on school supplies, spending an average of 485 dollars in one school year, and the tax credit for 250 dollars is the one that might go away. Right. Why would Congress target the most important profession? So I, I was just at a conference uh, where it was legislators, bipartisan, uh, Republican and Democrat both, and this bill came up a lot. Um, and in general, it, you know, 
everyone kind of shrugs their their shoulders in this thing, and we we don't know. I know you have a, a congressman on this week. Um, certainly, he can he can talk about why it's a, a good idea. We, well, Dave just looked at me that that uh, Congressman Davis is joining us later later in the week. So all right. I'm, I'm going to need you to just kind of <laughs> well, you run interference no, on that I, one. I should know that for show prep, yeah, but okay. uh, you've been Scott, out of town. It's, it's a day or two. Away. Well, I've been it's off fine. for a week, and but also as Scott may have heard earlier this morning. My truck wouldn't start, so I had to get a jump, and I was late getting in here, and so I've not done the show prep that uh, I normally do. So that's, I'm not trying to beg out of anything, but I will read that email sooner or later. That's okay. Well, I, I certainly am interested to know, I mean, a lot of these, you know, we've got the very same Congress that was elected talking about cutting waste, um, cutting the debt, all those things, and we're adding a trillion dollars plus to, to the national debt with this. Um, a lot of the with the tax bill that comes in, the states are getting absolutely hammered. Um, we will see. There's a lot of kind of strange things where um, a lot of the breaks we're getting that makes it not so bad go away in in eight or ten years um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and yeah, they could be renewed, but they might not be. And so you've got one of these things where you've got um, very wealthy people, you got corporations that are going to have um, the, their tax relief for a long time. But the middle class uh, has a, a ticking clock on, on on their relief. So let me ask you a question, uh, because you're on the inside of the legislature. People like Jeff Flake and Lindsey Graham, and I know this is on a national level, sure. were very critical. And uh, Bob Corker didn't want to add to the deficit. And they were five or six, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, the usuals. But though rank-and-file Republicans just fell into line, and unanimously the senators voted in the end to go with it, is that pressure from the inside? Is that looking at your constituents and listening? How is that about winning your next election? Why do you do that? I think any tax vote is um, very kind of precarious and, and very, very dangerous uh, for, for, for a politician, right? And so this year we voted for a, a tax increase in, in the state government. And there's no question. We were at the very limit. You know, we were about to go into junk bond status, the first state in the country to do it. All the We know all the problems that, that was going to come. But there are still all these people that said, but I can never vote for a tax increase, no matter how responsible I think the vote might be. Well, this is the opposite. This is looked at as a tax cut, even though there are collateral effects like increasing the debt. Um, and so ultimately, um, I think that's something people feel like, well, this is what I, w I came to, to Washington to do, maybe, to, is to lower taxes and, and, and deal with that. But I think at some point, people have to wrap, wrap their head around, you can't be anti-tax and... Um, also say, but the number one thing I care about is the deficit. Because because what, what you're saying is, if, you, if you're saying that we're going to cut you know, all this revenue coming in, but you really haven't addressed the spending side, you're just going to be adding to the deficit. And right now, that's kind of the strange thing. For years, they, this group in Congress has said, the deficit, deficit, deficit is what we care about. And now, here at the end, they're, they're throwing a huge um, you know, shovel on that pile. And there's not really uh, much addressing how that. So we'll see how it comes up. I mean, it might be that they cut the spending side, which is what most people suggest will ha start to happen. Is this there's a, a an added benefit for the um, small government people that say let's let's lower taxes, and then we'll say, well, we just can't afford Medicare, we just can't afford those other programs. So that will be the backdoor cut to those programs as well. So That's what, the concern. We'll see. What you're saying is two plus two still equals four. It should, although in Springfield and Washington, <laughs> they, they, they test that theory every day. Can we what, end it on a – oh, I'm sorry, Dave. You were going to jump uh, Well, in. I was just uh, you know, more generic as we turn the page, the calendar, to 2018. Yeah, sure. Obviously dealing with the implications uh, of, of the tax situation, uh, the budget, the deficit. What, what do you think is 
the bigger issues on the horizon as, as we enter a new year? Well, I'll tell you, on the state level, if you don't want to end, end the program with um, tax policy discussions, which I, I, I think all listeners would agree. Do. Um, but, you know, That's why I'm here, the big- <laughs> to shift gears. <laughs> but, the, but the biggest thing I think— shifted into fourth, baby. <laughs> the biggest thing we need to, to, to address, you know, in, on the state level is, hey, we just got the train headed back to the tracks. I don't think we're quite on there yet with the budget and, and all the problems they had over the last two years. What we don't want to see is, hey, now we're heading into a really ugly, really well-funded on both sides campaign. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to grind to a halt is the concern. I don't know that it will, um, but I know that there are people on both sides who would love to see everything stop again and they could play the blame game, you know, pointing fingers at the other side. Um, for, for three years now, I've said, you know, if anyone would show some leadership and just be a leader, whether it's the speaker or the governor, I think they'd be rewarded at the ballot box. I don't think you have to drag the other side down, um, but... They're getting some very different advice, it seems like, uh, um, in the political circles. Non-politically and something that works bipartisan, let's end on a high note. Sure. Muhammad Aquifer Task Force. Mm-hmm. Some big names on this. Clean water. Tell us about this force. I'll tell you, this, to me, is a great example of how government can work. Um, the idea is, hey, let's stop doing this. You know, We, we recognize that Muhammad Aquifer is the, is the drinking supply for most of central Illinois. Um, this is not a bipartisan issue. Um, and so this is when I sat down with Chapin Rose and we started working on, on this bill. Obviously, he's Republican. I'm a Democrat. And said, hey, both our kids drink this water. All our constituents do. Um, let's figure out what we can do about this. So we put together this task force. The idea is rather than be reactive, we're going to put the best minds in the room. We're going to say, uh, try to figure out what we can do uh, and um, to, to, to address it for the next next couple decades. And now we've put it together. And even the process of putting it together, Senator Rose and I were on the phone Every few days, can I talk? And the governor gets to name most of the people, um, but he did a really uh, a, a amazing job, I think, of saying, "Hey, the governor wants this person. Are you guys okay with this? What do you?" Because the idea is, we don't want this to come out and and people see a report and go, "Oh, this is a partisan piece." Mm-hmm. We want this to be science. We want this to be the best, the best, um, you know, the leaders of all these communities, Republican and Democrats alike. Um, and I've just been really encouraged by that process. How far along is this project, and and what what? We, I mean, how do you attack uh, through legislation, through, uh, you know, knocking the people in the head in the right agency or sure. all, the, all above. of the above? All okay. the above, Dave. Okay. You know, we, we've got everybody named on and that took forever um, because I think there's over 20 people on. And, and what we wanted to do was balance it with science and politics in sure. a way. And politics, you know, what I mean by that is uh, the, the elected leaders of these communities mm-hmm. Um, who obviously can speak for a, a larger group. But you also wanted somebody from the Prairie Research Institute here, the Water Survey Group here at U of I. You wanted people with Prairie Rivers. You wanted um, people who actually were bringing a science background to it. Um, so you had some gravitas, I think, in, in that report. Um, so we have got the committee together. We've got the governor to, to now name them. Um, and so I believe everyone's got their letter now. And so now it's on to uh, our first meeting, which I think is just after the first of the year. Okay. Is something that the EPA could get involved in or? If we, we have to have the EPA involved. Yeah. And, and uh, in our previous legislation, we had them at literally Senator Rose, uh, Representative Ammons, and myself sat at a table with the EPA and said, what can we do with current law? And okay. what, how can we push you in a more progressive way on, on some of these other issues? So you've got to have the best minds at the table. And that's mm-hmm. what the task force is designed to do. Well, good. Keep us updated on that. And as always, thanks for your visit. Thank you, Senator. Great to be here. Scott Bennett with us on News Talk 1400 DWS.